0: Wednesday, November 29th. Welcome to the Damon Bruce Show. Oh my goodness. We got one for you here today. Thank you for being part of it. To all the Ploosers who are in early saying good morning and hello to each other. Happy Humo Day to all of you. Here we are in the middle of the week. It's Eagles week. You're not going to find a bigger week in anybody NFL's uh, calendar. It's It's about as big as it gets. And I tell you. What I love about football is we're basically going to Philadelphia this weekend to watch the NFL's version of an in-season tournament, I and mean, that's really what we got, right? And that's what makes the NFL so important, so valuable. It's why we love it. It's why we're drawn to it like moths to the flame. I mean, it's, it's, it's consequences, Every single sport in the world is trying to reinvent a way to get its overbloated regular season to get some consequences involved. That's what the illusion of the NBA's in-season tournament is trying to create, trying to manufacture. Some early season, nobody gives a rip about them games have some consequence that we totally made up, just pretend consequences in the NFL's case or in the NBA's case. But that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to manufacture some consequences for otherwise disposable, because there's too many of them, regular season games. The beauty of football, even going from a 16 to a 17 game schedule, is that there aren't too many games. And that's what attaches consequence to them. And I've seen some people either with comments that they've made for videos that I put up or comments that they've left in the chat that, Hey, you know, this game's like any other game for the 49ers this year and they don't want to get too up. No, 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 it's not. It's, it's really not. You have to, I think, adhere to the old, you know, one at a time kind of cliche until you get to something like this. And then you're allowed to circle it and say, this one means more than the others. This one does mean more than the others. There is seeding. There is playoff opponents. There are home playoff games. There is so much attached to this game in Philadelphia. This This is what we want. There's a reason why football is king, and it's because of the vast importance of every single regular season game. And it's why we're here. And it's why you're here. And it's why we're marching towards 10,000 subscribers, by the way. We're officially 53 subscribers away from 10,000. Thanks so much to all of you. Thanks to those listening on the podcast. Hopefully you're subscribing to the YouTube channel as well, not just listening to the podcast. Spread the love around and hit that like button, maybe even the notify if you really want to take care of me this holiday season. So look, Brock Purdy. Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to say, young man, it's all on you, but this game, when you kind of look at it and you're sort of looking for the path to victory, the path to victory is right off of Brock Purdy's right arm. That's where it is. That's where I think it can be found more than in any other place. It's it's him more than any other player on this Niners roster that has to have a good day, game on Sunday. The Eagles currently ranked 29th in passing yards allowed and 31st in passing touchdowns allowed. Those are not good numbers. Those are not good numbers and they're numbers that the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan needs to take advantage of for them to go into Philadelphia and find a win on Sunday. You know, Darius Slay is a total stud. I don't care how old he is. He's a stud. Everyone else in that secondary can be had. You'll find if you poke around the internet into some Eagle chat rooms uh, to to find what Eagles fans are talking about as they're loving their 10 and 1 season, the one theme that you'll find in many a complaining Eagles fan is our linebackers don't drop well into pass coverage, and but for Darius Slay, we can kind of get picked apart in this defense. Now, there's also a little bit of a, but there's a reason for those numbers being so inflated, and that's because the Eagles do as good of a job shutting down the run as, as you know, you're allowed to do in football, basically. They're very, very stout, but you can find success in the Eagles secondary, and Purdy is going to need to find that success. Slower linebackers and pass coverage. Again, Eagles fans are complaining about this, and when I hear linebackers having trouble keeping up with guys, the first guy I think of is George Kittle. And one of the biggest matchups to watch is Colton McKivitts against Hassan Reddick, And hopefully Colton McKivitts can just not go necessarily one-on-one all day with Hassan Reddick, but can do enough to slow him down. And Kyle Juszczyk can be used in the backfield as an extra blocker, picking up blitzes, chipping, helping where help is needed. And you can get George Kittle off the line of scrimmage and into a pattern because George Kittle on slower safeties and slower linebackers sounds like free supper to me. That sounds like free supper. So, George Kittle, hey diddle diddle, right in the middle, is where an awful lot of success. I think the 49ers, they can find some right there. And I also, when I hear slow linebackers, I think there's Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. There's Christian McCaffrey running underneath slant routes all day long, separating from slower linebackers, and then getting a little yak yard magic going. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. But the numbers say the easiest way to skin Philadelphia, and by the way, Philadelphia is so easy to skin, only one team's been able to do it. So it's not easy to skin this cat. But the easiest way to pluck the feathers of the Eagles, if I can get my animal metaphors correct for the matchup, is by taking advantage of slower linebackers in space and a secondary but-for-Darius sleigh that can be had. So that's where the Niners need to live. Again, that early matchup to keep an eye on. There's some early things that I think in the first quarter are going to tell you what kind of an afternoon the 49ers are in for to keep an eye on here. Colton McKivitz against Hassan Redick. Have your eye on that right off the rip. That is a huge, huge matchup. The game could turn in that one individual on the offensive line matchup alone. It could. Um, Kyle Juszczyk has got to be good. I think that there are going to be fewer guys out in the pattern because check is going to be needed to be used as a blocking back. So I expect him to get a lot of snaps. And we'll see if Kyle has used his three days to find the matchups and the advantages that he so often does take advantage of. But it's just, oh, this is going to be a huge game. I'm so ready for it. I know you're ready for it, too. Ready to thank my sponsors here. I always want to get that in early. And then you want to get your lunch order in early. Today, get yourself a sandwich from Ike's. Absolutely delicious. You'll find out so for yourself and if you use that Ike's reward app, you can start earning your way towards free sandwiches. Uh let me just throw out a name. Try the Adam Richmond if you haven't. It's it's got it's got chicken fingers, uh it's got pesto, it's got some ham, some cheese. It's just freaking delicious. A lot of avocado on that bad boy. Some Godfather sauce. The Adam Richmond, one of my favorites. It's streaking up the charts in my sandwich power rankings at Ike's. Uh, So try an Adam Richmond. They're freaking delicious. I also want you to uh, try, if you're thinking about making a a wager or two this weekend, mybookie.ag and use promo code Damon. When you do, you will get up to a 50% deposit match, up to $1,000. So you put in 1000 to play with, you'll have $1,500 to play with over at mybookie.ag if you use promo code DAMON. And I just want to keep on telling you about how good my knee feels thanks to Dr. Hughes Orthopedics. I mean, he gave me the Kobe treatment. He did some cellular replacement. And boy, I mean, my knee just feels younger than any other body part that I got. On the crawl right now is all you need to know about Dr. Paul Hughes. To avoid an orthopedic surgery, I'd like you to go to orthopedicsurgeries.com. I know that sounds a little backwards, but that's his website, orthopedicsurgeries.com, for non-surgical solutions to pain that you have in your joints. This man can help. He has helped me. He can help you. Go find out for yourself. Contact Dr. Paul Hughes, 650-242-5633. You can email him at info at orthopedicsurgeries.com. I'm reading the crawl for those of you who are listening to the podcast, which I know Dr. Hughes does. So cheers, Dr. Hughes. Cheers to all of you. I hope you're having a great morning. Mm. And that is a sip of the day. Right off the rip. That was perfectly timed. I, I was a normal schedule this morning. The coffee came in at the right time. The show started on time. So we're ready to roll. Thanks so much to the doc. And thanks so much to all of you for supporting this site. It's just been growing in the last few days alone. It's been really remarkable and I thank you all again, hit that like button, hit subscribe. We are 53 subscribers away from 10,000 and that's a look, if I can get there by tomorrow, I will have missed I will have missed the goal I set for myself by just 1 week. Which is still pretty darn good. I wanted to get there by Thanksgiving, but if you tell me I can get there by the Thursday after Thanksgiving, like if you would have sold that to me, I would have bought it. Absolutely. So we're going to uh, get in the club plus in a, just a little bit. But again, I, I told you there are some things to keep an eye on in this 49ers and Eagles game. Starting with what's that Jalen Hurts pocket look like? I'm talking the first few snaps of the game, first few dropbacks of the game. Is Jalen Hurts getting a three Mississippi, or is he under pressure? What does that pocket look like? Are the 49ers collapsing a pocket around him, making his day less than comfortable right off the rip? And if it starts that way, it needs to continue that way. There is no letting up against the Eagles. They were down 17-7 against the Buffalo Bills. They've been down at the half in a lot of games. It doesn't mean a thing to them. It doesn't mean a thing to them. And being up at the half means a lot to the 49ers. The Niners are front runners; They really are. They are great getting a lead, holding on to it, and staying in front of the other team. It won't be so easy in Philadelphia. Philadelphia does not give up on football games. This game for the 49ers, and I really believe this, will be won or lost on first down First down is the most important down of the game. It really is. And the 49ers got to be really good defensively on first down because third and long is the name of the game if the Niners want to control this game. Third and short, fourth and short, we all know what's coming. We all know how difficult it is to stop. So you better avoid that situation. Philadelphia is first in the NFL in fourth down conversion rate. They move the chains at an astonishing 70 seven percent they also rank third and third down efficiency just all the way around burying the eagles with nothing much to show for first down makes second down more of a decision which then obviously goes into what you're looking at on third and fourth down winning first down plays all game long is what the 49ers need to do defensively winning on first down they got to do it. It's the fastest way to win this game. That and Brock Purdy having a good day against that secondary. Winning first down. Both these teams are top 10 in total yards, yards per play, and rushing yards. They're efficient. They move the they 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 control the line of scrimmage. They move the football on the ground. They know what they're doing. The Niners got to get it done on first down. The Niners laying points this weekend makes them the only team in the NFL to be favored in every game that they've played so far this year. But despite being those favorites, they're just six and five against the spread. Like my gut, my gut, like taking any bias or what I'm hoping for or what would be best for the channel or anything out of it is you're telling me I get a 10 and one Eagles team at home getting points. I would take the points if I were gambling on this game. I would take the Eagles and the points. And, you know, you want to call that an emotional hedge? If the Niners win, you're going to be happy. If the Eagles win, you will have made money. How can you bet against a team that's getting points at home when they haven't lost at home and they're 10-1 and one on the year? That, just, that, that sounds like money just waiting there. And maybe that's what Vegas is thinking of. And maybe the Niners are really going to come out and overwhelm the football world with a performance that makes everybody go, oh, you know what? Wow. But I got to see that before I just assume it or believe it. You know, I'm not a doubting Thomas. I just believe that the Eagles are really good. And the Niners are very, very good. But giving points in this situation, it just, it, it's hard to wrap my mind around. It really is. There's also this. And I think that this is true. And I don't know, you know, can can you quantify it? Maybe. Maybe it's more of a feeling. But boy, the 49ers are really, really hard to beat when they've got Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, and Brock Purdy, George Kittle all in the same game. Like, Ayuk's never hurt. Feels like he's, well, I don't want to say never hurt because he has been hurt in his past, but he hasn't been hurt much this year, right? He's missed one game. And Ayuk is kind of a guy I'm setting my watch to. So he's like always there. But you get Trent Williams, Debo, Brock, and Christian McCaffrey all together healthy in the same huddle. Man, that's a hard team to beat. And that's what the 49ers are rolling in with this week. Kyle's got his prep time advantage. That sounds like it's hard to beat. And there should be early signs that the 49ers are on track. They come out and score on their opening possession like they've done in so many other games, I don't think I need to share with you that that would be a really good sign. The things that worries me, the the, the one thing that I think worries me the most is that the Eagles can come out and the Niners can be filling all the data points that I've just talked about, where that pocket is collapsing, they're controlling first down, they're moving the ball in the air, they scored on their first possession – All of those things can go in the Niners' way early in this game, and the Eagles are still in this game. The Eagles can play poorly. They can play bad football. They can sustain a level of underwhelming football in a half and come on back and beat you in the second half. They just are Frankenstein. They just keep coming. They're the mummy. They might not be moving fast, but they do just keep coming they just keep coming you got to respect it you really do i'm ready for this game i know you are too we got a couple more days before our week is out and then boom sunday will be here before you know it oh my gosh I'm so excited, and I hope you plan on joining me at the two-minute warning of 49ers and Eagles. It's going to be the post-game show of the year. Certainly, whether they win or lose, we are going to have an awful lot to talk about. The circumstances, not manufactured, not pretend in-season tournament, but this really is. This is an in-season tournament, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb here to say that this game on Sunday will have the NFC's Super Bowl representative in it. I think it's going to be the 49ers of the Eagles going to the Super Bowl in the NFC this year. I still don't believe in the Cowboys to get it done when it matters the most. And I can't ever think the Lions are going to win a big game because they just don't. So there you go. I really think we're looking at an Eagles or 49ers Super Bowl, and I'm not saying that the winner of this game will be that team, but I do think the team that represents the NFC is playing at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday, and it could be the first of two cracks these teams are going to get at each other before it's all said and done. You gotta love football. Maximum! Football! <laughs> gotta love it. Gotta love it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, look, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be uh, as emotional as Sylvester Stallone, like on the opening night of Lincoln Financial ringing their stupid Liberty Bell or however they start their games or whatever. But Deshaun Jackson has called it a career, and he's actually going to be retiring An Eagle. He's going to serve as an honorary captain on Sunday ahead of the 49ers game. Now, I can tell you that honorary captains don't really affect outcomes of games, but I've always liked Deshaun Jackson, and I'll call it attendance bias because very early on in my, hey, I'm now in the Bay Area, I couldn't afford to do very much kind of broke as a joke early on in my San Francisco life. What I could afford was to buy a cheap ticket to a Cal football game and a BART ride over to Berkeley. So I went to an awful lot of Cal football games in the Deshaun Jackson era. And he was electric. Like, I just remember being on KNBR, as the 49ers were in the 2009 draft, and I am lobbying for Deshaun Jackson, and everyone's telling me, man, dude, forget about it. They're not going to take him in the first round. I'm like, well, they got an early second round pick. Maybe in the second round. I love Deshaun Jackson in the second round. If not in the first round, certainly, if he is there with that second pick, you got to take him. Well, at 29 that year, the 49ers took Kentuan Ballmer, and then in the second round, With Deshaun Jackson just sitting right there, they took Shiloh Rashal. Shiloh Rashal. Now, I guess the one bit of defense the Niners could make was that Deshaun Jackson was the sixth wide receiver taken in the 2009 draft. But the Niners blew that. Guy played 15 NFL seasons, eight of them in Philadelphia, where he earned three of his Pro Bowl trips. And he was a Pro Bowler three times, so he was fantastic. As a return man, as just an electric deep threat receiver, Deshaun Jackson was special on a football field. He really was, especially in college, too. Here's a little bar bet. Has Deshaun Jackson ever won a Super Bowl? Yes or no? Real quick, you don't get time to look it up. Yes or no? Have you said no? Well, you're wrong. Deshaun Jackson He appeared in seven regular season games for the Los Angeles Rams in 2021. And even though he wasn't with the team in the postseason, he still got a Super Bowl ring. So there you go. Deshaun Jackson, Super Bowl champion, kind of. I always really liked him as a player. Guy was electric. So a lot of people are excited about the Humo Day. Oh, I already see an awful lot of chatter about uh, 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 Golden State Warriors. We'll get into the Warriors here. Because, good God. It's one of the worst losses of the Steve Kerr era. That's what happened Tuesday night in Sacramento. First of all, you got Chris Paul and Gary Payton both getting hurt in the game. That's that's not good. And the team reverted to a Jordan Poole is still here level of turnovers and just slop. 18 turnovers. They committed 31 fouls. There were lots of whistles in the game. The Warriors shot 30 free throws. They never shoot 30 free throws in a game. And you would assume... The Warriors are getting 30 free throws. They're going to, what would they have to cover? They had to win by, what, 12 last night, and they would have won the group? Well, they were on their way to doing that, and then they blew it. And big part of the reason why they blew it is because Draymond Green blew it once again. Blew a gasket. And instead of his fiery presence creating heat for the other team, what he did is he burnt his own house down. Freaking Draymond. Moses Moody only played 13 minutes. He scored 11 points in the fourth quarter. He was perfect from the floor. He gets yanked out of the game as he's dominating it, which is just, you know, an absurd and borderline indefensible decision for Steve Kerr to, to try to, to say he he got that right. There was another terrible challenge from Kerr late in that game that left him without a timeout when he needed one at the end of the game to advance the ball past half court. They blew a 24-point lead, and they blew a chance to win their group and play in the in-season tournament, and they were in control of that game. The Warriors were in control of that game until Draymond lost control, and look, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say anymore. I, I really don't know what to say anymore. Steph had a bad turnover late that didn't help. Uh, Draymond loses his cool. Clay played well in the first half, but really didn't do a thing in the second half. Kerr coached the game wrong. Kerr screwed that up as much as anyone. And look, I don't mean Steph here. But anyone else on this team that calls himself a leader, you ain't leading. You're not. You're not. Like, Draymond is now almost a working in-game detriment to the Golden State Warriors. Mr. Triple Singles at it again. Eight points, six rebounds, three assists, at least one technical foul. You know, I mean, it's 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 where Draymond refuses to improve. I mean, that's the thing, and he's refusing. It's a bold-faced refusal to get better or grow up, and it's intolerable. And the truth is, if we're being completely honest here, is that Draymond is no longer a leader on the Golden State Warriors. He's a rank-and-file player. And I'm wondering if he couldn't be replaced in the aggregate with a combination of Jonathan Kaminga and Trace Jackson Davis, and you get a better player between those two than you get out of this one guy right now. Draymond is no longer leader. He's a blowhard. He's an absolute blowhard and Clay is just in this weird shell of himself space where he is getting selfish and making bad shot choices. Wiggins, let's be totally honest, he couldn't lead a den of boy scouts through a hike through the woods, much less an NBA team. So Wiggins is no leader at all. To put it on Looney to do anything other than, you know, rebound and play, by example is a ridiculous ask of him. And Steph just, you know, he's not a screamer. He's not a vocal guy. Obviously, Steve Kerr's not going to do a thing to reel Draymond in. Not that Draymond will actually listen to, anyways. And Draymond just he 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 won't learn. He won't learn. He just he refuses to learn. Kendra Andrews reported last night that King's guard Malik Monk basically said that when Green got his technical foul in the fourth quarter, the Kings knew that that was their moment to strike because there is no greater indication of the Warriors are about to shit their pants than watching Draymond Green actually shit his pants. A high school coach. Any high school coach In America, any JV high school coach in America could come up with a game plan to beat the Golden State Warriors. It's real simple. You double Steph Curry the minute he crosses half court, you trap him whenever possible, and you let the rest of these guys wearing Warriors uniforms just blow it. That's it. That's how you beat the Warriors. That's how everyone has come out and beat the Warriors this year. Hold back Steph a little bit. Let him get his in some instances. But the more anyone other than Steph shoots, the closer the other team gets to victory. And if we're just being brutally honest here, if we're being brutally honest, Draymond is no longer part of a winning equation for the Golden State Warriors. If he can't grow up, which he refuses to do, He's not a part of the winning equation. He isn't. This, oh, Draymond, he's the ultimate defender. He's the ultimate switcher. He's the ultimate winner. No, he's not. He's not. Not anymore, he's not. You know, he can't shut up. And the guy who can't shut up, by definition, is not a leader. He he can't blame this on Jordan Poole. Do you ever run into the guy or gal who's had a lot of roommates in a shared apartment and all they do is complain about their roommates and this roommate stinks and that roommate stinks and this roommate's tough to live with and this person was tough to live with and now we're on roommate number five and I don't like roommate number five either? At that point, maybe the asshole is you. Draymond Green is not helping. We're 18 games into his four-year extension. He's already been suspended for five of them. It's not even December 1st, and the guy is just in flaming asshole mode. You know, he missed the front part of the year due to an injury, so he's only played in 10 games. And it's just, it's, you're not helping the team. I mean, what what more do you want? Like, a, a coach should be able to walk up to a player and say, all right, you're officially hurting us now. Do I have your full attention? Steve Kerr needs to bench his ass. Sit him down. We'll play you again when you grow up. It's getting intolerable. And you're telling me there are three and more than a half years remaining of this? This is a 33-year-old, 12-year NFL vet who acts like my four-year-old, governed by emotions in the moment which he cannot control. It's absurd. It's absurd. You know, this is no longer Draymond getting a tech, firing up his own team, Draymond. This is Draymond getting a tech, and the other team is thinking, nailed it, bingo. Pulled on that thread on the sweater enough for it to start unraveling. It's so easy to get under Draymond's skin. I told you weeks ago, he handed the entire league a blueprint, how to get this asshole out of the game. And he keeps on showing everybody how easy it is to do. (coughs) Let me ask you this, like uh, the direct question for Draymond, Draymond, I hope you're watching. Here's my direct question to you, Draymond Green. When has not being able to, to, to stop jawing at an official worked? When has Mr. Big Mouth's Big Mouth flapping helped the Golden State Warriors? Show me the one time in 12 years that it worked. Show me the one time that Draymond came away from not being able to shut up with an official to where it was like, oh, and now everything went the Warriors way. That was great. It was great that Draymond never stopped talking during that entire free throw sequence, doesn't stop yelling at an official. When does it work? It never does. You get no benefit of the doubt. Everybody in the NBA, except for your own teammates, and maybe even some of them, hate you, Draymond. Everyone. The opponents hate you. The Commissioner hates you. Everyone hates you. You're an asshole. I mean, I don't know what to say. You're, you're, you're not who you think you are anymore. He hit a couple of threes last night. Doesn't matter. He can't stop pissing down his own leg like a four-year-old having a temper tantrum. Name me the one time Draymond flapping his gums has worked. When was it? When did that happen? You know, maybe this guy has bought into some like, I need to live my own truth bullshit and feels like I have the right to do this. Dude, if you know where the line is and you refuse to stop crossing it, you're a jerk off. I just don't know what to tell you. You're a jerk off if you can't stop crossing the obvious line that you can't stop crossing every single night almost. It's one thing to be the agitator in the middle of winning. It's another thing to be an agitator that is dialing up losses more than it does wins. And that's where Draymond is in his career right now. He is at the center of failure, not at the center of victory. And Steve Kerr needs to do something. And I don't know what he can do. Like this, this dog is officially off the leash, and I don't know if you can reel him in. Draymond's got no, no desire to learn a single lesson that the NBA has put in front of him in no uncertain or fuzzy terms. You have the shortest leash in the league. Stop acting like an asshole. Nope. Refuses to do it. The guy is literally caught flopping, trying to sell an injury that didn't happen. He's rolling around on the court. Get up, sweetheart. Run back down and play some defense, since that's basically kind of all you're good for these days. Draymond is now embarrassed that his flopaholic didn't work, so uh, now he thinks there should be a carrying call, and he's mocking the official with a carrying call, which nobody else, you know, Curry was doing this. Curry was doing this, and and he's not getting attacked, but Draymond does that, and you get attacked because nobody likes you. Nobody, nobody likes you, including many Warriors fans these days. Like, there's no way, you can't tell me that, that Steve Kerr isn't sick of this guy. Again, it's one thing to be the asshole in the center of victory. It's another thing entirely to be the asshole in the center of losing. I could get Draymond ejected from any single game I ever coached or played against him. I could do it in the first quarter. You know, we we said an over-under for sip of the day. I could get Draymond ejected by the end of the first quarter in every single game I coached or played against him if I were on the opposing team. It would be easy. It'd be the easiest part of my game plan. Getting under Draymond's skin is as easy as what? You know, what's the easiest thing to do in sports? Getting underneath Draymond's skin is probably right up there. That guy is a mental midget when it comes to watch me piss my own pants. He really is. He really is. And what it's honestly, I mean, here's the thing, Draymond, and I hope this hurts. I hope you hear this in this thing. You are, when it comes to mental toughness, a fraud. Draymond Green, when it comes to mental toughness, Is a fraud because if all you are is a shit talker to everybody else, but you can't control your own emotions, you're a mental toughness fraud. You know, well, I'm just a fiery competitor. No, 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 not really. No, I know what fiery competition looks like, and I know what a guy who just can't stop talking, even though it's about to hurt his own team, looks like. And that's what you look like, Draymond. You rattle as easy as my four-year-old son. One of his favorite stuffed animals was unfortunately left in Los Angeles, and my kid is just rattled. It's like Draymond, just rattled, easily rattled. And again, this is my four-year-old son governed by emotion and emotion only. Can't reel himself in. Draymond is a 33-year-old NBA veteran with rings in his 12th season, and he refuses to grow up. And, you know, if Jordan Poole was the reason why you think you lost your voice in the locker room last year, it might have been part of it. But you are more responsible for your teammates tuning you out than anything you ever did with Jordan Poole. Draymond, there are enough OGs on this basketball team to know what a fraud looks and sounds like. And you're starting to, I think, remind your own teammates of it. It's an emotional roller coaster every single game. Grow up. Kenny Smith on TNT last night said, when you think of Draymond Green, and we all love Draymond individually, he comes in and we love him. But we're at a point, if you're apologizing consistently, then you're actually in the wrong. There are no more apologies. This is what, his third apology in his last six months? He's too good of a player, too seasoned of a player to keep apologizing. At 22, 23, 24, you can keep apologizing. But at this stage of your career, a champion, we should be out of the apologies stage of your career. It's up to Steve Kerr to do that with the accountability phase of Steve Kerr's coaching career. Again, I don't, I don't know why Steve Kerr is playing Corey Joseph over Brandon Pajemski. I don't know why uh, Moses Moody is literally saving everybody's bacon and lobbying for more minutes in real time with actual in-game stud performance and Kerr puts him back on the bench. You know, why don't you revert to the theory that you were more than willing to run as you were punting on a game in Phoenix the night before Thanksgiving where you left your bench in because they, what, they had earned the right to finish the game? How did Moses Moody not earn the right to finish that game last night? He's your only offense in the fourth quarter. Again, because what do you do? You just double step, you trap him everywhere he goes, and there you go. Clay's taking bad shots. He had a good first half, bad second half. Again, Andrew Wiggins. I'm just, even when he succeeds, I don't who cares? Like I I I the Warriors are a mess. And as they're currently constructed, they're not going to win a goddamn thing this year. But for Steph Curry, every single guy on this team should be an option to be traded. Every single guy not named Steph Curry and Mike Dunleavy needs to do something. Because we're about 20 games in and I've seen enough. They're not going to be a contender this year as they're currently built, as they're currently playing. As Steve Kerr is currently botching rotations and letting Draymond Green just act like a buffoon whenever it fits Draymond's green modus operandi. So the only saving grace to this warrior season is that it's not even December yet. Like I almost went live last night on YouTube, but I I just, can't, I can't pretend that there's, we need to do like an emergency post game because it's still so early in the season. But the Warriors blew an opportunity to play in the first ever in-season tournament. If that means something to them, they blew it. If it doesn't mean something to them, who cares? But what I'm I'm seeing out of this team is a whole bunch of veterans that make rookie mistakes and a 33-year-old overpay who can't control his emotions. Oh, and play Trace Jackson Davis. How about that? I don't like what I'm seeing out of the Warriors. Who does? Who could? It ain't great. It's really not great right now. Hopefully we get a really great football game on Sunday. Thank you for making the growth of this channel really great. Again, we are 53 subscribers short of 10,000. So if you are new in here today, hit that subscribe button, please. And, uh, go ahead and download that podcast. You're going to get that podcast. You need that podcast. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, (sighs) <sighs> he's gone.